Hi, and welcome to Michael's office. Wow, that sounds very robotic. Hi, and welcome to Michael's office. This is a uh, podcast where it's unfiltered, unscripted, and it's all genuine things. Um, it's a genuine assortment of uh, topics I talk about. Uh, I um, I like to keep things real, and I like to speak my mind about certain things. I might get political, uh, but generally I like to speak about things, entertainment, uh, that news are coming out, or stuff about that. Um, I've always wanted to find a way to speak my mind about certain things. Yes, I've said that before, but um, this will be my first episode of the Michael's Office. I'll get to the origins of that at the end of the podcast. But um, it'll be assortment of topics today. The uh, it'll be uh, about uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven topics today for this fun little podcast. Um, so, if you guys don't know, I'm Michael Cox. I'm currently a student at MoBAP. However, this is my office. Is uh, I'm like going in circles around around. Um, I just want to speak my mind about certain things, and I feel like this is the perfect opportunity to do so. So the first topic today, um, oh shoot, I forgot to mention that this is a going to be a weekly show. I'll do my best to update it with a different topics, so I'll let you guys know what the next week's topics will be, including with other topics at the end. Um, so... The first topic we have is uh, something, it's about the Oscars. It's going to be some Oscar predictions for this year. Um, so, the, okay. So, I'm going to try to do my best uh, to predict the films that are coming out this year for the best picture. I'm going to look at them right now. I'm just going to, just give me a moment. 2019 in film. So I'm going to like look at that stuff as of right now. I will, but something there will also be something that will um, I'll talk about later. Anyway, uh, it'll be like a prediction of sorts. So I'm gonna try to do my best to predict the best films that have come out this year that uh, that'll be nominated. Sure, let's just say everything goes well. These will be the films that will be, um, like, you know, nominated for Best Picture or whatever. Oh my gosh, it's not going as well as I predicted. But it's fine, gotta have confidence. So I would say the first film that will be nominated, everything goes well. I think the first film that will be... Okay, it is what I thought it was. Um, the first film that I think will be nominated, it's gotten a lot of praise for its brilliance, for its comedy. I haven't seen it, but I've heard many good things, and people say this is their favorite film this year. Uh, I think Booksmart will be one of the um, films this year. I heard it was a very funny film. It was very smart. It was a very good, I think it was, was it a coming of age film? It doesn't say. It's, uh, let me check. I think it was a coming of age. Yes, it was a coming of age comedy. Um, 
it is basically the book smart from what I heard is about these two teens in high school who try to uh, get popular and uh, let me check the official thing yeah uh, try to get popular and do all these uh, things uh, try to be popular like one of the popular kids and do it in like in 40 days or something like that um, so I'm, I haven't seen anything of it I've heard really good things uh, I heard fantastic performances, and then also some, uh, some, uh, um, like, praise, uh, for its, for its comedy, for its cleverness, but also for its handling of, um, a certain scene in the movie, I'm not gonna give it away, uh, if you haven't seen it, but they handle something very well. And I'm proud that they handled it very well, and the way they did it. I didn't. I. I didn't. Really, I don't plan on seeing this movie, but you should. Um, this the way they handle a certain thing, and I heard it was hilarious and it was felt genuine. Um, and then the other film, another film that I think will get nominated by critics, which will be. Um, Ah, yes, uh, I remember now. I think once, a, of course, uh, Quentin Tarantino's recent picture, I think this should win the Oscar as of right now. It's my best film this year uh, on my list. Um, once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, this was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant film. A lot of critics didn't say it was his best, but that was my first ever Quentin Tarantino film. And it was just an amazing, an amazing experience. It wasn't a, um, wasn't a generally like a normal, how normally a film is structured, but it was absolutely brilliant. Um, it, 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 it's, if you're looking in for a normally structurally narrative film that didn't sound right, if you're looking for a film that's structure normally like with a normal narrative that's not what you're going to get it feels more like a film it feels more like a mockumentary per se about somebody a point in somebody's life uh of rick dalton's which is leonardo dicaprio and cliff boots which is brad pitt's characters lives um it's it's definitely an experience it's an excellent first time uh, watch. I saw it for a second time. It was still just as good. Um, Noxie was a little bit worse. But it was just a fantastic experience. The comedy's great. I heard it's his funniest film. I laughed a lot. The ending is probably the one of the best, uh, if not the best ending you will get all year from a film like this. Um, it just, it's trans like the the film seemed to have um transformed uh hollywood into the 1960s and it shows it was brilliant i can't i can't tell you how brilliant it was there was a lot of scenes it was like an amalgam like since it's not structured narratively like a normal film it's basically an amalgamation of brilliant absolutely brilliant scenes and performances especially by leonardo DiCaprio or brand uh, brad pitt uh they're both going to get uh, oscars for sure along with Quentin Tarantino for his being a director and uh, doing the screenplay. It was just absolutely, I, I cannot praise it enough. It was 
so good. It was fantastic. Uh, the next film that possibly could get nominated for, by the uh, by the Academy is, I think, going to be if everything goes well. Uh, to be honest, I think Joker. Um, if everything goes well, I will think that film could be nominated for its. It looked like a amazing, a different take. It looks like uh like if the Oscars were going to nominate a superhero film, it's like they're gonna be making up for. Oh, there's another film, making up for the um. Lack of nominating Logan for Best Picture because it was a comic book film. Uh, this one, it, 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 from what I heard, uh, Joaquin Phoenix puts in an amazing, amazing performance. He definitely fits the Joker role well. It is dark. It is brutal. It is terrifying. It's what a Joker film should be. And also, it's a character piece, which, ah, oh, the Oscars. The Oscars love character pieces. Yeah, uh, it's a character piece. A character piece, whatever it's called. A character study. There we go. Character study. Which films like Taxi Driver and 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 and, 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 and some other brilliant films. Um, that is, it, it looks to be something different and something that will attract the Academy for it being different and not a run, your run-of-the-mill um, comic book film. It looks dark and it looks frightening, and it probably be one of the most terrifying experiences people will have in theaters all year. And now the another film that I think will be nominated for an Oscar is Ad Astra. That I haven't seen any trailers for it, um, but it, people, it's, people have been talking about it. It's been on my mind for a bit. Ad Astra seems to be like another gravity, I think. I think it's another gravity. I'm going to go check. Never mind. It's not gravity at all. Yeah, yeah. this looks like a Oscar. Just looking at the plot synopsis. Let me read the plot synopsis for you guys. So it is the astronaut Roy McBride, Brad Pitt, travels to the outer edges of the solar system to find his missing father and unravel a mystery that threatens the survival of humans on Earth. His journey will uncover secrets that challenge the nature of human existence and our place in the cosmos. Yeah, that seems like it's going to have... Um, it's going to have uh, philosophical things. It looks to be what, uh, if the Oscars were going, like if, what Interstellar should have been. Granted, I think Interstellar is a, when I first saw it, I thought I called it a, um, a uh, near perfect film when I saw Interstellar. So, um, if, that, if it is turning out what Interstellar should have been, then I think we'll get a definitely an Oscar bait thing. It looks absolutely stunning, and it's probably going to be a beautifully 
shot film and it's the effects are going to be probably fantastic and according to the director james gray which he did lost city of z which i heard was absolutely fantastic along with what else did he do he did oh he did the lost city of z that's the only thing that he's done which had fantastic performances by charlie huntsman and robert pattinson and then another film uh, that yeah, that's Ad Astra. <laughs> and then, as I was saying, another film that uh, I could think could get nominated for an Oscar is Downton Abbey. It is a period piece. It's a from a claimed TV show. Yes, that might uh, draw like push people away. But I think Downton Abbey will be a. Uh, it'll draw the Academy in because they love their period pieces. But that'll be also. A uh, thing Oscars might want to stay away from uh, since it's from a TV show. But my mom, my sister, everybody loves everybody who watches the show loves it. It's British. It's the Queen is coming. I definitely think it'll be something that the Oscars want to go. I thought that was itsy bitsy spider. I'm like, what the fuck? Um, and then if we were gonna make the argument for Joker, we might as well make the argument for Avengers Endgame. Avengers Endgame, I think, will be... Uh, this. I'll get into this topic later. It's the fun film. Um, there's always a fun film in the Oscars. And this... Um, it uh, We have been building... or The Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe has been building to this very moment for 22 films about... 11 years, or 12 years, if you want to go back to where uh, Iron Man was released in 2007 and 2008. 12, 11 to 12 years. We have been building to this exact moment in film. Nothing has been done like this before. It's in a momentary, monumentous task. In my opinion, they live up to that build-up. They have a amazing payoff. Um with the characters arcs and storylines and the russos do a fantastic job and the russos will probably get nominated again for a different film i'll bring that up later um yeah this has been it's been building up for so long and i i um if you think well it's a it's a superhero film it won't get nominated uh, well um you can make that argument but also i think a person brought up a Great argument, I remember, if I remember correctly. A person brought up, brought up uh, the reason why Avengers Endgame might get nominated is because of all that build-up and all of that world-building that they've done. Um, the, another film that won, actually, was Lord of the Rings uh, 3, the... the uh, not the... The third Lord of the Rings film. I am so sorry. <laughs> I can look that up, actually. What's the third Lord of the Rings film? Return of the King. Oh, my gosh. I feel so bad. Um, yes, Return of the King won the Oscar for Best Film because of all that buildup of those three films, and it was, it was a fantastic film, along with Avengers Endgame. Some people were let down by it, but I think that'll be another film that'll be nominated by the Oscars. That could be a possibility. And then, what was the next one? 
Ah, let me go, Joker. No. I was going to say Lighthouse, but I don't think they'll... That... Oh, actually, you know what? You know what? Fire truck it. The, I'm just going to go The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse uh, looks... 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 I don't watch horror movies. I'm not a horror movie fan, but it will probably make the, the Academy nostalgic. It is a black and white film. It's a, it is about two men. I'm pretty sure it's just Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. It's just them two. But it's about two people operating a lighthouse, and they go on. No, they, they, and they just deal with each other. Ah, Lighthouse the current to the premise on Wikipedia. The Lighthouse chronicles the gritty adventures of two lighthouse keepers as they are faced with loneliness, friendship, and their worst fears. Oh, come on. How could that not be nominated? It's, it's shot in black and white. It looks like the aesthetic is very, like, a classic horror film. Like, in the trailers, and it looks trippy, and it looks... It just lo it looks like Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson are going to give fantastic performances. And I love, I love anything that has to do with a lighthouse. I'd love, if I could do any other job, I'd love to be a, a lighthouse keeper. It just looks like a unique film, and I'd, I'd, I'd want to see it no matter, I probably will see it. I'm not a, I don't watch horror films. I've only seen one in my, like two in my entire life. That was Jaws and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Scary Stories in the Dark was a fun film, by the way. Uh, another film that I think will get nominated is Archer's Dog. I'm just kidding. Um, but for real, though, I think uh, Harriet, the upcoming bi a biography film about Harriet Tubman. I am so, so excited for this film. I love uh, bi um, biopics. And um, the cast looks really good. Um, it has Leslie Odom Jr. in it, which I am so, so excited for. That he's in it. But also it's about Harriet Tubman. Moses. On the Underground Railroad. And her journey at becoming Moses. Um, it looks like a, a fantastic film about Harriet Tubman. And I am so excited for that. Uh, another film that is probably definitely, definitely. Oh my gosh. It is definitely going to get nominated. As Ford. Sorry for that. Is going to be Ford versus Ferrari. Ford versus Ferrari is a a based on a true story, but it's about how the for how Ford beat Ferrari in the Le Mans. Yes, in the Le Mans. Yes, I spoiled the film. Sorry, but um, it looks it's got Matt Damon, Christian Bale, and the it just. This looks like it is going to be a... Is it a thriller? Let me check. It looks like it's going to be tense. It looks like it's going to be nail-biting, but it looks like it's going to be... They're going to have uh, that uh, Matt Damon and Christian Bale. Oh, John Berthold's in the film. Oh, my gosh. This is a... It looks like everybody's going to give fantastic performances. I really do think that this is going... It is going... As I said before, the Oscars love their... Uh, biopics their historical pieces and it's in the 1960s just like once upon a time in hollywood um i do think this is going to be their their big film it's directed by the guy who did logan which i oh uh, oh boy man that's it's a definitely a big oscar contender and then the next film right below it uh the 
Good Liar, which has Ian McKellen and Helen Mirren in it. Those two should get you hyped already. Uh, it looks unbelievably good. It is... The Good Liar is about a con man who... Um, who will do anything to keep the con going. Um, what do you mean anything? And they, the first how she doesn't believe, like, somebody has, like, um, suspicions that he's not as he seemed, but the, how, like, Helen Mirren's character is, like, investigating. It looks brilliant. It looks like a brilliant film, and I am so excited to see that. I think it'll be definitely a Oscar pick for sure. And then, 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 if everything... Wow, these I don't, this is probably more than what's going on. Where's Tenet? 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 Is Tenet here? Tenet? Let me check. Tenet. Oh, it's in 2020. Okay, Tenet's not getting it. Okay, um... And it was, I was saying, I think... The next film that could be nominated, there are four more films that could be nominated here. Yeah, it's four more films for sure. Okay, five. Five films. Next one I think could be nominated is 21 Bridges. This is also another fun film. But um, 21 Bridges, uh, it's got, it's the next. What? Wait, 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 wait. Oh, um, what? Oh, it's produced. Okay. Sorry, these guys, the, the Rooster Brothers aren't <laughs> directing it. They are producing it. But, um, 21 Bridges looks, is definitely an Oscar. Uh, it looks like it is going to be a fun film. The Oscar Beatty film, kind of, a little bit. Anyway, uh, it is, it's about a cop, Chadwick Boseman, trying to find out who killed his dad and why. But it's also like he's trying to stop these two cop killers from killing anymore or leaving. And it looks tense. It looks uh, like a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic film. What's another film? There we go. Uh, a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. It is the, not biopic, it is the historical piece about uh, Mr. Rogers in interview there. That looks like the feel-good film of the year uh, with Tom Hanks putting in a brilliant Oscar-nominated performance. And it looks like it's going to make people cry and probably definitely cry its way to the, to, the, um, to the Oscars. And then Knives Out. People were saying, uh, a friend of mine was saying this isn't going to be nominated along with um, 21 Bridges. But... Knives Out is a murder mystery. It's like the first murder mystery in a long time. It looks like it's going to do the murder on Orient Express, which that looked like an Oscar nominee piece, but it was ruined by something. I can't remember the reasons why. Um, this looks like it's going to do it right because it's going to be funny. And it's going to have mystery, and it's got an all-star cast with Jamie Lee Curtis, Tony Lee Collette, Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Michael Shannon, uh, and Christopher Plummer. Um... And Rian Johnson's directing, the guy who did The Last Jedi. Um, I think he'll do a better job with this movie than he did with The Last Jedi. 
but Knives Out looks like a true murder mystery. And who doesn't love a good mystery, murder mystery? Uh, this looks like a, a balls-out fun time, but also looks like it's going to be a really smart film. And the next one, Queen, Queen and Slim, is another Oscar-nominated. This is definitely going to be a Oscar-nominated film. Uh, Queen and Slim is about uh, these two people who, I think, accidentally kill a cop? Or the cop was racially profiling Daniel Kaluuya? Kaluuya's character? And a, a scrimmage breaks out, and his character kills the cop. And now they're on the run. Uh, this looks like a film that is going to play. Is going in a probably if it gets nominated, it's probably going to win in response to Green Book. Um, that was not a good choice at all. But it is going to it looks like it's going to be a response to that. They're definitely going to, and it looks like a brilliant film. Um. Uh, everybody's looking it's going to give a fantastic performance. I know a friend of mine who's really excited for this film. It looks tense, but it also looks like it's going to it's going to hit you in the feels and it's also going to be the best romance, the best um romance this year will see. Person as the person said is like a black uh Bonnie and Clyde. And the next film I think will get nominated is Little Women. Um, there was a Little Woman last year, I believe. It was produced by Pure Flix. Mm, they've only made like one good film. Yeah. Um, Little Women. It's got a really, really good cast. It's got Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, who's breaking out since, uh, since her... Performance in Fighting With My Family. Great film, by the way. Uh, and it's got also Meryl Streep, James Norton, Timothy Chalamet, and Chris Cooper and James Norton, as I said before. This is... And it's directed by Greta Gerwig, who has done, I believe, Wonder Woman? Oh, no, she did Jackie. And Lady Bird! Jackie and Ladybird. Yes. Oh. D d oh. I get really excited. Yes, she did Little Women and Ladybird, which were not, and Jackie, which were all nominated pictures. But if she, she's behind them, she's gonna definitely propel this film to. Oscar nomination. It's Little Women. It's Little Women. And then the final film that will possibly will get nominated, I believe, by uh, the Oscars is 1917. This looks like a tense. It is about a guy who has to save his brother from being massacred. or No, he has to stop his brother's battalion or whatever from being massacred or jumping into an ambush. And it looks epic. It looks. It just looks like a brilliant, tense film. And now, those are all our no my nominations, my predictions, if they allow that big of a class, which is 1917, Little Women, um, Queen and Slim, Knives Out, 21 Bridges, The Good Liar, Ford vs. Ferrari, Harriet, The Lighthouse, Joker, 
Downton Abbey, Ad Astra, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and um, uh, and uh, Avengers Endgame. That was like 19 films. I'm not going to have that, but I'm just saying those are all my predictions. <laughs> That's too big of a prediction, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, it'll. Uh, I think those will be our nominations. Now, on to the next. It's part of the topic. Now, I've been noticing a trend ever since uh, 2015. The Oscars, maybe even before that, but for sure 2015, uh, the Oscars kind of had this fun film. The fun film. Like, it ain't gonna win. But it was a really good fun, fun, it was a good film, it was a fun film nonetheless. In 2015, there was Mad Max Fury Road. 2016, there was Hell or, Hell or High Water. 2017, there was Get Out. And then in 2018, there was Black Panther. So the question is, what film will get the nomination? What fun film this year will get the nomination or the out of the box film will get the nomination this year because they got to appeal to that um that crowd the popular crowd which i believe they should just go with the best films this year in general not because it's not the classic oscar film um i believe i've said it multiple times the films that they should go with uh, my predictions for that are joker i really hope joker gets it Avengers Endgame, The Lighthouse, Twenty One Bridges, and Knives Out. Those will be the no. Those are five possible films if everything goes well. Those will be the five possible films that will get the nomination for the fun film. I think. And what I hope and what I think will get the fun film nomination is Joker because I've heard it's and it's probably going to get the nomination some way or another. It's going to get nominated for something um, because they sent the Joker film to the Venice Film Festival, which has a reputation of uh, showing Oscar bait, Oscar nominated films. So if you have any concerns about the Joker film, that's that means it's, it means it's in good hands, and I've heard really good things about it. Um, now we're going to finally move on to my next topic, which is Godzilla, King of the Monsters, um, and the future of the Monsterverse. So Godzilla, King of the Monsters is my favorite film this year. I believe it is, it is a true, it's a true Godzilla film. It was stupid. It was a whole bunch of fun. However, critics... Didn't like it all that much. And the box office shows which it got a total of uh, 385, about $386 million at the box office total. Um, well, that's not a, it's not a very good sign. Um, so, because in the MonsterVerse, 
which is three films have come out, which were Godzilla 2014, which had a total, um, which had a worldwide gross of 529.1 million. Then Kong Skull Island had a total gross of 566.7 million. And then now Godzilla King of the Monsters had 385 million. So the question is, um, what happens now with the MonsterVerse? Since the um, box, box office numbers weren't as big as, um, as people predicted or wanted to be. It, it, like, even domestic predictions were pretty low, and it went lower than the, uh, the actual predictions. Peep, the predictions uh, thought it was going to open to $60 million when it opened to $49 million. Um, that's not bad. And uh, the the film, is, I'm pretty sure the film's budget was like, was it like 180 million? It was 170 million. It made 385 million dollars, 386 million dollars at the box office. That's not bad. That's not bad per se. Which and then people are asking, does that make it a flop? Well, no. It made double its money back at the box office. Um, actually, no, that's not double. It made its money back. That doesn't mean it's a flop. It's not as good as it could have been. But it's definitely uh, not looking good for the MonsterVerse. Uh, people are saying uh, King, of, King Kong vs. Godzilla will be uh, the final film in the MonsterVerse. Which it's gearing up to be, and that makes me really sad. Because, um, it makes me sad because I want Godzilla to be successful in the, in the U.S., and I want him to be good. And I think the reason why his, his album, not his album, the film, sorry, I'm looking up for something else. Uh, why he didn't because of those reviews and um, because of those reviews and that hurt that stopped audiences from going to see the film when they should have uh, gone to see it because of um, because of what it was it was a fun monster dumb monster flick which, if you're looking for a fun time, I promise you, you're going to go see it at Godzilla King of the Monsters. It's dumb, yes. But that's what a Godzilla film is. It, it, it doesn't need to have strong human characters. If you're looking for strong human characters, you come to the wrong spot. Godzilla the King of the Monsters knows what it is. Um, it, it's a real fun time. It shows what Godzilla is all about, in, especially in his earlier years, the Showa era, which was from 1954 to 1972. With the last film being Godzilla, the Terror of Mecha Godzilla, um, it's that really was it really emphasized that emphasis of that era, and I and I love it for that. And I when I, every time I watch it, it gets better and better. Especially I think even if for a third time, I thought it would have been better than the second time I watched it. The second time was brilliantly fantastic. And if you don't know, 
if you want to watch the film in all its glory, you should probably look up the reactions on YouTube of what it was. It was the the G fans are just oh so good. This it just makes the film we're making it an absolute brilliant experience. Yeah, I think I really I think the MonsterVerse will be the f only will be is I think currently the MonsterVerse is the most successful multiverse um movie franchise out there right now behind Marvel. I think it's actually better than the DCEU. At least with the what's Godzilla King of the Monsters, it's generally received a warm warm reception from fans and the audience. Um but it is concerning with the box office numbers. Uh, the next next topic, so sorry that wasn't as long as the <laughs> best pictures, but my next topic isn't really a topic, it's more of a plug. It is, uh, I'm going to be advertising for the current play I'm in, uh, The Birds down at MOBAP. It, it is, the Birds is by Aristophanes. I may not said that right, sorry Tyler, don't kill me. <laughs> um, uh, it's basically, uh, it's a Greek play, and uh, it's a Greek comedy as well. And it's basically these two guys named Euripides and Pithetaris, or Tereus, Tereus, Pithetaris. Um, and these two guys are like, "Hey, Greece sucks, and I want, I want to, I want to do something else." And then they hear about this guy named uh, Tereus who turned into a bird, and they're like, "Hey, I want to be, I want to be like that. I want to be like Pithetaris, not Pithetaris. I want to be Tereus." <laughs> and uh, they uh, they look for him, and they do find him, and then absolutely absurd absurdity happens. So you, when you come to Missouri Baptist, not Missouri Baptist, when you come to see the birds and Missouri Baptist University, you're gonna ha you're gonna meet a fantastic cast with um, Eliana Steele as uh, Pithetaris, who she's absolutely fantastic. I can't. She's an amazing person to work with, and she's a great talent on stage, along with the rest of the cast and me, um, directed by the amazing Tyler Gruen, and he's um, putting a lot of work into this, and along with Lindsay Peters, she's choreographed the, the, the dances, and when you come here, when you come to the birds, sorry, I was about to say something, and I went on a tangent, but uh, depraising people and putting people over, but... Um, when you come to see the birds, you're gonna go. You're coming to see an authentic, an authentic Greek play. So a lot of our Greek comedy. So basically, we're bringing uh, Greek comedy back for this one production, and it's gonna be a very. It's gonna be limited seating. It's gonna be like a sixty people, and people, you're gonna be on the stage with us. So we're gonna get up close and personal to you guys, and it's gonna be a great time. So that's the birds down at Mobap. It starts from September fifth through the eighth. The uh, September fourth, I believe, is a preview show. It is a preview show, so you can come see that too. On to our next topic, which is about NF. He is currently my favorite rapper right now, and favorite rapper of all time. One of my favorite artists of all time, um, and is recently.
came out with an I'm sorry, I drink some water. Uh, Rachel, you would be proud. Um, Rachel is somebody at uh, Mobap who's like definitely she said she said she'll aggressively get me get people to hydrate. So NF came out with his album The Search, and it's gotten a I thought at first a well very very positive response, but as I looked online, it's a bit mixed now with the Rolling Stones and uh, the New York Times not being big fans of NF. The Rolling Stones writes in their um, their title of the review, NF's The Search is a one-note depression symphony. And then New York Times writes, NF has the number one album in the country, and he sounds miserable. So, generally speaking, they acknowledge that NF has a cult following, and that he's getting big, and he's very hard to ignore. However, they aren't too big of fans of the way he uh, expresses himself and his music. Uh, they don't like how dark it is or how he's talking about he's depressed all the time. And um, he said his fans, they say they generally agree that his fans will love the album. However, I've seen that people who haven't ever, he don't even listen to rap all that much, think his big hit, Leave Me Alone, is one of the best songs they've ever, one of the best rap songs they've ever heard. And that they actually are starting to get into rap because of NF. I think NF and other people are saying this is the album of the year. This is gonna it should get nominated for a Grammy. So he's definitely getting noticed. And he's definitely uh going and he's definitely going to get uh something. He's probably gonna he might get nominated for Best New Artist or something along the lines. I think this is, people are saying this will be NF's year. And I do believe this will be NF's year. Um, on to the next topic. It is a, it's a bit of, surrounded by wrestling. Sorry for the stuttering. Which the King of the Ring has finally returned to the WWE. Uh, the King of the Ring is basically a tournament where people... Try to be. It's basically it's signifying that there are gonna there are big things in the wrestlers' future, and the bracket has been announced and all the wrestlers have been announced. The bra the the bracket is Cesaro versus Samoa Joe, Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre, Cedric Alexander versus Sami Zayn, The Miz versus Baron Corbin, Kevin Owens versus Elias Al Ali versus Buddy Murphy, Chad Gable versus Shelton Benjamin. In Apollo Cruz versus Andrade. That is a very, very, very stacked King of the Ring tournament uh, bracket and uh, competitors. There are a lot of fantastic competitors in here. Um, I also next week I'll also be talking about a different tournament, which is uh, gives me a lot more, a lot just the same amount of excitement, but there it's not as big in comparison to the WWE. Um. 
I'll be right back. And we're back, as I was saying. So the King of the Ring. Um, it's a pretty big tournament. But the first few matches I was saying, Cesaro versus Mojo. I'm going to place my predictions for the first round. And, yeah, I'll just place my predictions for the first round. And um, as soon as the next... Then I'll, next week, I'll do the next round, and the next round after that, blah, blah, blah. But also talk about another tournament after that, or before that, or whenever. Uh, so the first round, it's Cesaro versus Samoa Joe. Um, this one's actually kind of a little bit tough. Same thing with the next match, um, which is Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre. Um... WWE has been holding back on Cesaro for quite some time. If this was the, finally, if they were saying, screw it, let's pull the trigger on the guy, give him a mini push, um, finally give him this big win. If they wanted to do it, this would be the perfect time to give him the push, I think. Uh, Cesaro is a fantastic athlete, along with Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe is crazy. He's, he's insane for a guy that big. Um, this will be an absolute brilliant, brutal, hard-hitting match. Um, if I was a betting man, I would... I gotta go with Samoa Joe. They seem to be pushing Samoa Joe for something. They always push him for something, and then he gets knocked down. Um, yeah, I think this one's gonna go to Samoa Joe. I, I really hope Cesaro wins it, but it's probably gonna go to Samoa Joe. And then the next match is Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, both of them are fantastic. Both of them are in for a push. Um, if Again, this is really, really hard because they are both in line for a push. But as if they want the same thing with Cesaro, they've always been kind of holding back on Drew McIntyre. Um... Ricochet, they've always, they've been, he's, he hasn't been buried. He's been surprisingly on this, a really good track. But, I think what they're going to do is, I think Drew McIntyre is going to win this match. Because, they're going to try to advance the storyline between Ricochet Seth Rollins, and Braun Strowman against the OC. I think the OC will get involved with Ricochet and Ricochet's match with Drew McIntyre. And I think that's what's going to cost them and get him out of this tournament so they can continue that storyline. And then at Clash of Champions, it'll be Seth Rollins and Ricochet and Braun Strowman versus the OC. So that's the first match. Uh, the In the quarterfinals, Cesaro and Drew McIntyre, I mean, uh, Simone Joe versus Drew McIntyre will take place. That's going to be brilliant. And the next match, I think this is a... I think it's going to be Cedric Alexander. They haven't been doing much with Sami Zayn all that much. Sami Zayn's always kind of now just a crap talker. Cedric Alexander, they've all... they. I think they're now starting to push because they've given him wins against, wins against the uh, aforementioned uh, Drew McIntyre. And I think this will be a way of push them pushing Cedric Alexander a little bit without giving him a proper push, per se. Um, yeah, it's going to be a great match. It's going to be a great match. 
But I think Cedric Alexander is going to win the match, and I hope he does. That'll be the right call. And I think in the next match after that, the last match on the Raw brand is the Miz versus Baron Corbin. What are they even doing with Baron Corbin? I don't, and I'm pretty sure WWE said they don't really care about Baron Corbin that much anymore. Um, that should be a fine match. It's gonna, there's gonna be some storyline stuff with that, with uh, the Miz and Baron Corbin. This not being their first time, they're not first rodeo against one another. It's gonna be. I th- it's not going to be... This is probably going to be the worst match. And that's not saying... It's probably just going to be okay. It's probably going to be an okay match. Um, Because the rest of the matches on this card are going to be absolutely brilliant. Oh my gosh. Um, But if you want... It's definitely going to be The Miz. The Miz is going to face off against Cedric Alexander in the quarterfinals on the Raw side. And now we head to the SmackDown side with... Kevin Owens and Elias opening it up. Um, I think uh, it's down. It's gonna that one's gonna be an okay match. It's gonna be probably the second worst match. Um, Kevin Owens is doing a great job as as the babyface right now. A great job as a babyface. He's definitely got the fans behind him, especially with the stunner. I definitely think Kevin Owens is gonna win this match, no doubt about it. And the next one. Is going to be really, really hard. Because it could go either way, but I think since... Yeah, that's going to be the quick... It's Ali versus Buddy Murphy. This is going to probably, in my opinion, going to be the match of the first round. Ali and Buddy Murphy, every time they step in the ring, they prove why 205 Live was so good. And they are... I'll be right back. <clears throat> Gotta close the door. They have made the Cruiserweights look so good. And I think they will continue to do that with their match against one another. Every time Buddy Murphy and Ali step in the ring, they tear the house down. And this is definitely going to be the best match of the turn of round one. Possibly even the best match of the tournament. Uh, I think since Ali is not really doing much, sadly, he should be. It's going to go to Buddy Murphy because of his involvement. With the a big storyline with Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, Rowan, and who attacked Roman Reigns. He's been involved for quite a bit. So I think he's going to advance to the quarterfinals. I think this is the way WWE is going to be pushing him. Uh, which will meet Kevin Owens in the quarterfinals. And the next match is uh, is between tag team partners, between Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin. All that is going to be... That's going to be a technical masterpiece. I think Chad Gable... Will not will beat Shelton Benjamin because Shelton Benjamin is not doing much, but they're pushing Chad Gable on two or five live. Two or five, um, Chad Gable's doing something, doing at least doing something while Shelton, Shelton Benjamin's not. That still should be a fantastic match. And then in the final match of the first round is going to be a Paul Cruz versus Andrade. Uh, this one's a clear, this one's going to be a fantastic match, but there's a clear winner here too. Um, one of the clear winners, Andrade and Apollo Cruz. There's just to, just to make Andrade look good, and that's absolutely going to be brilliant, a brilliant match with Andrade going to the head. So, my predictions. I'll also, let you guys know if I was right or wrong. Oh, that was awful. I just threw up in my mouth. I apologize. Um, it is Samoa Joe versus Drew McIntyre, and Cedric Alexander versus The Miz. 
Then after that is going to be Kevin Owens versus Buddy Murphy and Chad Gable versus Andrade. Those sound like fine matches. Yeah, so that is my King of the Ring predictions. And the next week we'll talk about a different tournament. I'll talk about a different tournament. And now, um, here is something that's come up recently, very, very recently. How recently? Like yesterday. Um, or very recently. So Chris Pratt seems to be under fire for a certain shirt he was wearing. He was wearing a Don't Tread on Me shirt. Um, I could be careful with my words here. <laughs> uh, well, that could. That's definitely a shirt to push people the wrong way, to push people away. I personally have never really cared for the don't tread on me thing. I haven't really cared at all. <laughs> um, and I really hope people have put hashtag Chris Pratt canceled because that canceled culture, that would probably be like next week's topic or something like that. This whole canceled culture is just bad. It's just awful. Um, John Campia put it uh, pretty greatly that um, people have gotten too involved in celebrities' ra lives and stuff along those lines, and it's just idiotic. Like, a person shouldn't lose a career over what they're saying or what they believe in. They should lose their career over major stuff like what John Spacey did. Yeah, John Spacey is Kevin Spacey. Who's John Spacey? I wonder if John Spacey is actually real. Is John Spacey an actual person? Okay, no, 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 nothing about John Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Well, Kevin Spacey did. Yeah, you should lose a career. But um, no, you. This is just. I don't believe. Chris Pratt should lose his career if and it doesn't make much sense they're calling him anti LGBTQ or a white supremacist I'm just saying why would he be those things if he since he works in Hollywood he's going to be surrounded by those people and he doesn't seem like the kind of person that would be like that he doesn't he generally seems like the nicest person, one of the nicest people in Hollywood. Um, yeah, it, do, it, do, it, do, it doesn't make any sense since he's in Hollywood. He would be like that. No, no. And then... Yeah. And then, finally, the final topic I'm going... You don't have to. You could just end it right now. This part's probably going to be weird and disgusting if you want to. I'm going to talk about the origins of the name, just letting you know this is probably going to be a little weird and a bit disgusting. So, the origins of the name came uh, for the office... Sorry, I'm messing with my keys. Um, came about when I was younger, and my parents would notice that I was in the bathroom a lot. Not a lot. Uh, sorry. 
for long periods of time. And um, they would also notice, <laughs> they also would notice that I would talk to myself or have open discussions about myself. Um, not about myself, about certain things. So what they decided for me to do, since it was called, since they, me spent time in the bathroom so much, in the restroom so much, they wanted me to call it my office. So I did. I called it my office. I, uh, I called it the, I like my office. I pretended like this was a TV show. Uh, so many things. I would talk about so many things. And then I noticed how, like, how I spoke was so much better when I was in these, like, things, when I was talking to myself or thinking out loud how well I, I said things better than I could say when I was around people. And I... I uh, I just felt, I guess, more comfortable. And I felt like, wow, I'm a lot smarter than when I am talking to people. I don't feel smart when I'm talking to people. When I'm alone, I feel really smart. Um, so, yeah, it just... And then I noticed on, on some car rides when I was talking to myself. Yes, I talk to myself out loud. When I think out loud. I'm like, wow, I, I am very... I am very choice with my words and I know what to say. And I don't feel like I'm rushed. And now that I'm have this podcast, I can finally have that feeling of, I don't have to feel rushed, because I also have this problem of when I want to say something, I say, and my mind goes a million miles per hour, and I always mess up what I'm saying, and this is the perfect opportunity to have a podcast and just air out my thoughts and what I feel about certain things. So, that would conclude my first episode of Michael's Office. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing me speak my mind about certain things because this is going to be a place where it's unfiltered it is unscripted and it is genuine this is all genuine if you guys if people want to be on my show you guys don't have to hold back you don't have to feel like okay i'm just gonna agree with him no 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 no. i don't want that when you come on the this podcast or i'm not gonna be like that i want for you to be true, I want you to be real. I don't want you to just say, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to listen to what he says. I'm going to agree with what he says. Because every time in the car, when I'm around with friends, like, he's driving me. I got to agree with everything he says. I'm the same way, but still. Um, and I'm around friends. I didn't want this to be honest. I don't want this to be real. So, yeah, wow, I recorded like an hour. Woot, woot. <laughs> so, I, I hope you guys enjoyed uh michael's office and i hope you guys can come around next week thank you so much for listening and have a nice day